Hi, everybody. This is Tracy, and I'm delighted you've joined me for this episode of Good Life Stories. I created this podcast because I believe we are all seeking connection, and what better way to do that than through story? So get ready. These stories are meant to suck you in. Welcome to Good Life Stories. Hey everybody, this is Tracy with Good Life Stories. I can't wait for you to listen today to Angie Domenicone. I've known Angie for years and talking to her today about almost losing her son over a waterfall, the challenges of raising kids and getting older, as well as how she came to settle on her favorite quote as being, I am enough. So excited for you to listen today. Welcome, Angie Domenicone, to Good Life Stories. Hey, everybody, this is Tracy. Welcome to today's episode of Good Life Stories. I am here with Angela Domenicone. I have known Angie for the better part of my entire life. And she and I often have lots of interesting exchanges, whether it is from her career as an engineer, whether it's our mutual passion of sewing, life adventures with a couple of kids, or having, you know, in my mind, the skill of both of us being delightfully bipolar, we can uh, be creative and work in math. So um, I wanted to just welcome her today. She's a from Oregon and uh, wanted to kind of just dive into your first life story. I know when we were talking about getting ready for this, you know, it was uh, your first one that came up was about uh, your adventure with Graham. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that day? Like what, what was going on? Uh, Probably the freakiest day of my entire life. Honestly, we were out for uh, the first of several camping birthdays uh, with Sam And we had a bunch of little 10-year-old girls out at Silver Falls. And we decided to go walk the trail that everybody walks. And the girls were way up ahead. And then there was Graham and I. And then my dad and mom and John were behind us. And so it was just Graham and I. And we were just looking at the waterfall, being totally cool and everything. And I was enjoying watching him look at all the stuff because he was like, five-ish kind of, I think. And I'm so insanely thankful that I was watching him and just enjoying being with him in that moment because part of the trail was worn away from the the waterfall. So as you, we were actually in the backside of the waterfall and part of the trail had, had washed away and his foot slipped and he went over the edge. And I have never moved so fast in my life (laughs) ever. And I, you know, I've never done baseball slides or anything like that, but I, I literally took a two-step running dive and grabbed his wrist. Was very thankful that it was June and a lot of the vegetation had, you know, started to grow because there were things that, you know, caught him as well. Um, but the, the image of him staring up at me with me holding on to his wrist like I was going to break it um, is something yep. that stayed with me and will probably stay with me forever. Um, yeah. It was, I think I lost, because I had a backpack on and it wasn't fully zipped. I think I lost two or three bottles of water over the edge. And yeah. I, I really didn't even care. I was like, oh, once I got yeah, him, no. I 
once I pulled him up and I had him in my arms, I was like, crap, those bottles are going to end up as litter somewhere. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, you know, it's those crazy things that run through your mind in those moments of trauma, so to speak. And it was just yeah, like, that's full a stupid on fight or flight. Yeah. The yeah. weird stuff your brain inventories. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were, we were muddy from head to toe. I was shaking badly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, I mean, just sitting there, just sitting there on the trail, holding my kid. And <laughs> it was like, mom, I don't like being dirty. <laughs> I know, kid, just chill. <laughs> and so my mom and dad come up, finally, you know, get there. And I mean, at this point, I'm too shaky to, to stand. I don't trust myself. Yeah, and you're adrenaline's like, on, on the other side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I gave them the brief rundown of what happened. And my mom took custody of Graham and walked him yep. back towards camp and... My dad and John sort of stayed with me. Um, yeah. It was kind of funny because it was about a 15 minute walk back to the campsite and about halfway there's a playground and Graham wanted to stop at the playground and play for a yeah. few minutes. And I'm like, you do you kid. I am not ready for that, but you, you do yep. that. You do you. Um, grandma stay. <laughs> grandma, yep. Just hang out. And I, we it was just crazy. I mean, it took me years, but I finally, I, I told John, I said, I have to go back to Silver Falls to make sure yeah. that they have fixed what the problem was. And sure enough, they had put these big, uh, chunky logs on the railing. Yep. And yep. so no, no small children could slide underneath them, which is exactly what happened to Graham is he literally just slid under the railing. Cause it was only this little one inch galvanized pipe right. thing that was about at knee height. Right. Right. And so we walked that whole trail when Graham was about 12 ish, yeah, 10 or 12 ish. So it was yeah. a lot of years later. And, uh, I finally stopped having nightmares about it after I saw that. Uh, yeah. which was good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. It's always but, good to leave uh, those behind. But yeah, that was that was one of the most vivid have you moments. Talk, have you talked much to Graham about that day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't remember much about it. That's interesting. He, I was going to say, does remember. he remember much of anything? I mean, he was young enough that it's easy enough to... Yeah. yeah he knows he was, he was fine and he got dirty. You know, He, he knows he was fine. He got dirty and he thought it was... He, he doesn't even remember because we just we went back to the showers and I was like, yep, don't even, don't even get undressed. Let's just get in the water and rinse our clothes off. And he thought that was cool at the time, yep. but he doesn't remember much that's about fine. it. Um, but that's awesome. Which is fine. How wonderful. Yeah. I mean, really, we don't need both of you having nightmares. Yeah, exactly. But it was, it's just, it was a really good, for me, it was a little, a little reminder of how important it is to live in the moment. Be there because yes. if I hadn't been, if I hadn't been, uh, he was going over, he was in the water. If you had been even the slightest bit distracted, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have Graham, yeah. Which is, I know a lot of my friends go nuts because I don't always answer my phone right away, I don't always answer my text right away. It's like it's usually because I'm busy with something else and I am a linear thinker. And I do one thing at a time. 
And I feel that it's important that whoever is with me in the moment deserves my full attention. And that's just something I do all over. All over. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I I don't know if that's a good life story, but it was a good life lesson for me. (laughs) No, but I feel like that's something, you know, I, I feel like people today get far too caught up in trying to pay attention to everything and they forget Mm -hmm. to pay attention to what's right in front of them. Yes. You know, they have too many things that are beeping and whistling and tapping and vibrating and like, just turn it off, you know, and I I have have a lot of people who are like, you're kind of hard to get a hold of. And I'm like, no, I'm not hard to get a hold of. I'm just not responsive on your timeline. Yes. You know, the, I do my best to pay attention to what's going on and try and get back to people in a timely manner. But like, I am not going to stop having an amazing conversation with my son because you decide to randomly text me in the middle of it. Yeah, not going to happen. You yeah, know? and, and I, so, feel, yeah. I feel the same way about my clients at work. Yeah. If I'm if I'm with a particular distributor, I'm not going to answer the phone call from another distributor. That's rude. Right. <laughs> Right. That's just rude. Yes. Just agree. Rude. It's rude. And, rude. and if I have a situation where I am expecting a phone call during a conversation, I will tell the person up front. It's like, exactly. there might be a phone call that I have to take. And I apologize, exactly. but we've been, this is a time sensitive thing, but that's about exactly. the only time that I will, will do that. So. Yeah. All right. So your next life story I love is about raising kids. And it was one of the things that, to be honest, I really wanted to hear from you about because I feel like your journey as a parent's been kind of unique, and you've had um, you've had a lot of people participate. If that sounds, mm-hmm. you know, like I think of some people, you know, like when I look at our lives compared, because I've known you the whole time, you know, I look at yours and I feel like you've got like. 15 people in each of your children's lives who've been really deeply involved in their life, not just like cursory, you know, and I look at, you know, I look at my kids, you know, and they've got like four (laughs) and it's just such a different life experience. And so it's fun and, and interesting for, for me to have you have your life story be kind of the, you know, talking about, you know, thinking about, maybe the times when you weren't doing it right and the times that you were and how that goes together, knowing that you've, that you've had a lot of other people along the road with you and, and, and knowing that sometimes those people have been helpful (laughs) and sometimes maybe they've been too helpful. All those, (laughs) uh, that whole range of that. I, I just yes. feel is so exciting. And so I would love to hear, cause you have perseverance and patience and not giving up. And knowing Never, that, you know, yeah, that, you know, when you go to sleep and wake up to a new day, make, making the adjustments along the way. Yeah. So I would love to know, what were you thinking about when you wrote that? Well, first of all, let me just say, you and I have four of the best kids in the entire known universe. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the fact it that they're very biased. similar. Yeah, it's just maybe a tiny, but the fact that they're similar ages, all four of the children, they have known each other almost from the day they were born. I mean, they've, they've grown up together and, you know, our oldest have developed a a wonderful relationship and a friendship. And I just think that 
the experiences of the experiences that I have gone through that have led me to include other people in my kid's life are are a little bit of a sanity grab on my part, honestly, um, because there were times when uh, I didn't have a partner and I needed something else, whether that was my parents or my sister or friends or whatever. When I think of all the times that we exchanged children, <laughs> you know, yeah. that was that was part of, you know, I learned a lot about raising a boy from having Mitchell uh, yeah. stay with us for a week at a time and going, okay, they think different. And that honestly really helped when Graham came through some of his stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's, I could not have done what I have done with the kids, um, and guided them along the way if I had tried to do it all on my own. Um, and I am a firm believer that sometimes there are things that children want to talk about that maybe they don't feel comfortable talking to their parents. So they need another outlet, you know, and, and they need, whether that's their friendships which, you know, are going through similar things, or that's a different adult that maybe can have a more objective viewpoint than a mom. I want them to have that safe space for them to grow, develop, become comfortable with certain ideas and things going through their brain so that eventually then they can come and we can have a conversation. Um, And like I said, whether that is my folks, which I am extremely grateful for being sometimes overly involved. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes more involved than I'd like them to be. But when I look back, it's, it's a, it's a benefit I didn't have as, uh, you know, growing up, I knew my grandparents and they were wonderful and, uh, but they weren't involved. And for my parents to, to want to be involved in their grandchildren's lives, I think is the best thing in the world. And to be active and healthy enough to keep up with them is pretty cool. Um, And it did make things easier when I was traveling all over Hell's Half Acre for cheer with Sam. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's nice for them to have, well, you know, we have a big family, so there's lots of people to choose from. So but it's important. I think it's been, like I said, it's, some, it's been from as much for me as it has been for them. Cause sometimes yeah. mom needs a break too. Oh Lord. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you and I have had a ton of talks about this. It's like, Oh my God, yeah. have you been dealing with this? <laughs> it's like, huh, exactly. what the heck? Sanity 12 check. years old is you not know. fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, oh my the God, sanity. we made it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and now we have, at least our oldest children are out doing things that they love, yeah. which just tickles the living daylights out of me. I am, I, I couldn't be more proud of my own kid both my kids or, and yours as well. I mean, I look at what my, what Mitchell's doing and I'm like, dang, you go dude. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And it's just, it's fun to have been a part of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay, so now the, the next fun one. So this is about growing older. Yeah. Um, so I love that you're growing older, but not up. Um, <laughs> and knowing that age is not 
just a number. Um, tell me more about, cause you're thinking, I know you're getting ready to have your, your knees worked on. Tell me more about that idea and about growing older, but not up. So, know? so growing older, but not up is the title of a Jimmy Buffett song that I take very near and dear to my heart. First of all, I admire anybody that at 75 years old still goes out on tour, kicks off his flip flops the minute he gets on stage and, and just has a good time with his band who are a bunch of his friends. Um, and that whole lifestyle of, you know what, I'm just going to keep going until I can't go no more. (laughs) Um, so the whole thing of, of we, we are here on this earth and we grow older. That's just part of the way the world works. But remembering that one of the most cool things about getting older is remembering how to be a kid and and the ability to know when it's appropriate <laughs> yeah um you know and and i just think it's you know so amazing that we live in a, in a time where there really are no limits um except those that we impose upon ourselves for the most part so yeah, the the fact that I am going to actually get to return to taking dance lessons that aren't going to kill me after an hour on, you know, on a hard floor. <laughs> yeah. Um is is something that's super exciting to me and having my so knees have you replaced. Thought about, like so is it ballroom? Is it tango? What is it? You know, I don't know if I have a favorite yet. Believe it or not, I actually really enjoy waltz which is crazy, but I love it. But I, any of them, I just, I love all of the different varieties. I grew up dancing, um, you know, did the whole tap jazz ballet thing. Um, and I, I miss that. I miss that sort of thrill of competition, you know, a little yeah. bit of the adrenaline rush yeah. and everything. And I, I loved it when, when Sam was performing with cheer and, uh, you know, kind of living vicariously through her going, you know, someday, someday I'm going to get back to that. And, yeah. you know, we're both getting to a point where, you know, we're not going to have kids in the house yeah. anymore that are, de- that are truly dependent on us. And so it's like yeah. hmm. the active parenting phase is done. The active pit. Now I'm just there. I'm, I'm there to be an ear and everything. And so now it's like, Hmm, what can I, no what can I go get into? <laughs> and, you know, obviously the sewing thing thrills me to no end. Um, oh my I, God. Yeah. We'll get on that in a minute, but yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's, that's wonderful. But, but one of the things that, that I really would like to go out there and do is actually find a dance partner who would be interested in doing the swing or the ballroom or whatever um, because there are a couple of competitions here uh, in Portland that I think it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not out for it to be ranked nationally or any bullshit like that. No, I just, just go see what you can do. Let's go see what we can do. You know, let's push, your, push yourself. Yeah. Some people run marathons and triathlons. Great. Yep. Not my thing. <laughs> yep. You know, but you want to, you want to put me on a ballroom floor? Absolutely. You know, yeah, I in a heartbeat. Totally Let's go do that. Do that. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. And then my sister just had me watch Dancing with the Stars, which was like, oh my God, I can't believe you did this to me because now it's just like feeding the monster. 
That's okay. It's good feed. You'll need that when you're, when you're, when you're having recovery from your knees. Yes, exactly. Um, so I have two other small things that I thought we would chat about because they're, they've been, I don't know, recurring themes, I think is probably the best way to describe them. <laughs> I would love to have a conversation with you because I think one of my, one of my fun stories about you that, you know, I don't share, but I always kind of would love to share if I'm running into someone who has large breasts <laughs> is you talking about being the first woman in the room as an engineer to make a joke about your tits so that everybody <laughs> yes. knew they were there. <laughs> Will you talk um, a little bit more about, I don't oh know, some God. of it was like the, oh my God, like when did you do that for the first time? Like when was the first time you did that? So the very first remember? time I did, yes, I do. I remember very vividly. It was during a... It was during a Christmas shutdown when I worked for Daimler. Yeah. And we were we were going to be I think putting in some new equipment on the chassis line. I don't remember exactly which project it was, but it was very early in my career. I was yeah. I was still it was pre 30 years old. So it would yeah. it would have been my yeah. one of my first early. couple of years yeah. at Daimler. And it's like, okay guys, you know, I I walk in the room, it's 6 in the morning. You know, everybody's there that volunteered to to do this. I brought donuts and coffee because that's just what I do. And are you the uh, only woman there? I'm the only girl in the room. In the whole right? room. In yeah. the whole room. In the, in this little cafeteria type setup. And we're planning okay, and, everything. And for our listeners, because they can't see you, what size are you? Oh God. Uh I am well, back then I was probably like a 32 G. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot out front and not, and I'm not, a I my, I am completely screwed up in my proportions. I have the tiniest little shoulders and this monstrous <laughs> chest. And so finding blouses and stuff can be a real challenge. Um, most yeah. of the stuff I have to tailor in some way, um, or yeah. have custom made. If I, if I want a button down blouse, it has to be custom made. Okay. Um, just cause okay, so I'm you were bringing in, up. so 30 so for my listeners, 30 to G G think Dolly Parton, literally think Dolly Parton. Yeah. So you brought donuts and coffee, donuts and coffee. And, uh, and we're, we're all there in, uh, you know, Tyvek suits and most of, you know, some people have them all the way on. Some people have them tied at the waist. I've got mine tied at the waist cause I, it was warm, um, in the, in the cafeteria and, I've got a group of about mm, eight or 10 guys. Wasn't a lot. And, and they're all kind of quiet and stuff. And, and I looked at them and I, I said, okay, guys, here's the deal. They're there. They're going to get through everything. I will have lubes. I will have adhesives. I will have everything across the front of my Tyvek. Okay. They're there. Here's my first joke. Are we all friends now? Let's get to work. <laughs> and it was it was the most I I really debated going into that weekend. I really debated how to, you know, how to deal with this. And I was like, "You know what? Damn it. I don't want them to think I'm any different just because of the way I'm built." It's like, "Yes, I'm built like Jessica Rabbit. Whatever. 
let's move on. Okay. And it, it, it just, you could tell the, the, the atmosphere in the room totally changed. It's like, Oh, okay. She's cool. She's not going to, and I was like, they just are. Okay. Let's everybody be on the up and up. I am not going to report anybody. If you, I get it. We're in a manufacturing deal. We make big trucks and there's jokes that abound everywhere and they're not always appropriate and that's okay it's like we're here to get a job done so if you swear if you make a comment fine you know and that okay you have to remember this was 30 years ago so when you walked in 1998 maybe roughly 98 um so when you walked into the maintenance office there were okay there were still Pictures of girls in bikinis. Freightliner was still publishing calendars with beautiful pictures of the trucks with women in bikinis standing next to them, laying on them, etc. That was the world <laughs> we lived in. Okay. So for the listeners out there, they have to understand this was a different time. And a lot of your younger listeners will not get that because that yeah. does not happen today. Just doesn't. No. Um, no. Yeah, you would walk into the maintenance and literally we would distribute these calendars to our dealerships and they would hand them out to our customers. Right. And there were these beautiful big trucks with, you know, the 18 wheelers and da da da. And there's this chick in a bikini with a fancy hat. And you're like, I don't get it. <laughs> really? And it was, it okay. wasn't until the mid 2000s when we took, we went from ladies in bikinis to ladies in like formal wear fancy dresses and stuff and they finally was like you know what we're just gonna get rid of them it's like just the trucks and just the my trucks. thought yeah yeah just just the trucks that's what we sell folks we sell trucks <laughs> and they don't come with a babe on the side <laughs> no you do not you cannot order the babe you on the side it's not was a just, feature available with the truck right and you know that's that just sort of speaks to the world that that i grew up in you know yeah uh Daimler was a very different place. I think every business was a very different place 30 oh, years yes. ago than yeah. it is now. You know, it was still a fabulous company and yeah. they gave me a lot of really good opportunities. And that one of those opportunities was the opportunity to be myself and, yeah. and just to just you. say, you know what? Look, guys, yes, I've got this, you know, I've got this crazy figure, but I'm going to go get my hands dirty and you're going to show me how to rebuild a pump. And, and then every time after that, they would always warn me if I was getting too close to something, they would always <laughs> warn me because they knew that the first thing that was going to approach the truck was not my face. <laughs> um, but it was just, you know, okay, that's the best. Yeah. I love that you had people comfortable enough. They could help you protect your front half. Yes. You know. They would literally remind me, he's like, hey, don't lean in too close until unless you have some Tyvek on. It's like, oh, crap. I, I, there were, I can't tell you how many tops I wrote. I remember one time I was wearing a beautiful <laughs> silk knit sweater. I love this sweater. It looked amazing on me. It was red, bright red, which was totally my color. And I was doing something and I leaned over and sure enough, I got uh, that black windshield adhesive right across the girls. And I'm like, no crap. So I go in, I borrow a lab coat, I take the sweater off. And at that point, we still had a chemical called delimonene in the maintenance office. It's a citrus based uh, cleaner. Yeah. 
And it was like the only thing that would take this stuff off your hands. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting, so I'm, I'm literally rinsing my sweater out in this delivery. And the guys were like, you're going to ruin that sweater. And I hold it up. I said, it's kind of already ruined. So I can't hurt it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It can't get worse. It really can't can't get get worse. worse. Sure enough, that delimining took the the adhesive right out of those fibers. Thank God they were silk. And I wore the sweater for years <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh it's, God, it, that's, that's awesome. uh, yeah, that's, it's always fun, you know, and, and anybody yeah. out there who listens to this, who has a, a large chest can identify with the whole, you know, they get into everything. They get into the yes. gravy at Thanksgiving. They get into everything. And you just kind of learn to deal with it. Well, like, and one of my favorites, I think you, I don't know if you still have it. Do you still have that black t-shirt that says what color are my eyes across your No, jets? I don't, but I do know where to order God, another I one. Seriously be I, I oh, that's another fun story. So Daimler Softball League. We're playing softball and I had been playing softball with these guys for a number of years. And I wore that t-shirt to one of the softball games. And one of the guys that I had known for years, we were warming up, throwing the ball back and forth. And he finally came, he came, grabbed, caught the ball, came right up to me, lifted up my sunglasses and said, oh, they're brown. And put my sunglasses back down and we went to, we went back to warmups. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, but, I mean, that, I just feel like you and I have had so many good jokes about that. And there's like oh. so much... I don't feel like there's a lot of space for that for women. And I just love, you know, anybody who's got, you know, big tits. It's just like, you just gotta you just you, figure out a way to laugh about it because they are absurd. And yeah, so, you know, this is, the, you, dealing with the realm learn of the absurd to, is important. You learn how to deal with it. You learn how to, they are a part of you. Um, yeah. You know, and it's just, I think it's different when they're, when they are not natural. Okay. Cause yes, you know, that's whether you do that for your, your personal self-esteem or whatever, I mean, more power to you, but when they are natural and you have grown up with them and they've been around your whole life, it's a yeah. different, it, you, you're kind of like, Oh my God, they're just, sometimes they're just in the way. <laughs> exactly. They're just in the way. It's just in yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> but the best thing for me was just to accept it and deal with it. And it's like, okay, they're, they're just part of me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I always love that. One of the things I uh, ask people on my lovely podcast is what is their superpower? So will, will you tell us what your superpower is, Angie? <laughs> yes. Yes. My superpower is knowing where exactly everything is in the fridge. And Sometimes the pantry, although I'm not as good at the pantry, but the fridge, I always know. I can tell from hundreds of miles away, and I can direct the children to where things are in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> even long distance. I love even, that. Even over the phone. Okay, you're standing at the fridge. Okay, open this door, second shelf down behind the peanut butter or whatever. You know, that kind <laughs> of like, I know where That's that precision. is. Yeah, don't tell me we don't have any because I know where it is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could not do that. That's awesome. Okay, so your favorite quote in here is, I am enough. Yes. And I love to know why that one. Um, because of my uh, 
marital history. (laughs) Um, Having, having been married and divorced twice after this last one, which was not of my choosing. I, I had at this point decided that, you know what? I need to believe in me. I, should I get into another relationship? It will be because I want somebody there, not because I need somebody. And apparently that makes me extraordinarily intimidating in the dating world, but that's a whole nother story. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's just, you know, I am, I am enough. I am enough for me. I am enough for the things that I need to get done. Um, And it reminds me that sometimes when I don't feel like there's enough of me to do all the things that I have to do, that it's time to come back to basics. You've got a roof (laughs) over your head. You've got food on the table. You've got a good job. You have a good family. That's enough. You know? Yeah. There's an Abney Park song that I like that I cannot remember the name of off the top of my head, but it talks about people who don't think they have enough. Oh, it's called play. It's Abney Park. It's called play. And it talks about how, you know, these different people don't ever think they have enough. They don't, they, they don't have the right job. They don't have enough money. They're not in the right social circles. They're never enough. And it's this reminder that sometimes it is enough. And sometimes you just have to remember to just play and forget all that other crap. Um, so that's kind of what it, what is your enough? And everybody has a different enough. And for yeah. me, um, when I can really come back to it and, and center on it, it's like, I am enough for me. You know, I know who I am. I know what I want to do with my life. And I'm good with that. I'm at peace with that. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> and it's funny when you say that coming to the dating world with that makes you intimidating. I feel like intimidating is the wrong word because more people approach the dating world because they're trying to fill a hole. Mm-hmm. And you're showing up complete. And when you show up complete, you have to find someone else who feels that way as well. Yes. Because otherwise they look at you and think, well, I'm looking to fill a hole. Why aren't you? Exactly. Or they think that because I don't have a hole to fill, there won't be any room for them. Right. Right. There's no, you're not trying to fill a hole. So what do you need? Yep. One of the best books that I ever read uh, mm-hmm. was by Whippy Goldberg. And the name of the book was uh, something to the effect of, if they say you complete me, run. <laughs> um, and I'm telling you, if you get a chance, Tracy, find a copy oh, of that book funny. because it is exactly about being enough. It is if you find somebody who has to have you in their life, that means they are not, they don't feel that they are a whole person all by themselves. And that is not a good way to come to a relationship. You need to come to a relationship being being two solid, good people who then get to intertwine these wonderful, amazing things um, and not, not have a dependency. Yeah. So, yeah. So when I asked you if you could shine a light on one 
and for one thing that you wanted to get done in the next year. <laughs> Tell me about your plans for your house because this was so fun. Okay, so I'm sure my first reaction was, "Wait, what? One? Hold on. Yes, <laughs> only one. Only one only thing one. for today. Oh. Okay, just one. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, no, I I really would like to." Um, renovate my living room and uh i've got the paint picked out uh and and want to take this amazingly pretty but very dark brick red wall um and turn it into uh something much lighter going from um i want to take it through like three shades of green that will start with a darker green towards where the tv is and go out to an almost almost white on the other end um and I think I'm going to take that on myself and try to do it. And, and then every now and then I'm like, why don't you just hire somebody? Because <laughs> I know if I try to do it, I'm not going to like the way it looks. And I really should hire a professional to at least do that wall. Yeah. And But generally, the whole theme of the downstairs is going to turn into a sort of a tropical beach sort of vibe. Um, I very much would like it to be... Uh, sort of a, a reflection of what I think, what I know is sort of my happy place, which is the, at the coast. And I don't care which coast. <laughs> um, any coast. <laughs> any coast. Anything where there's an ocean. Um, so I've actually looked into, since we talked uh, the first time, I've actually looked into a couple of different ways of doing the island where we talked about turning the island into a tropical fish tank. Oh, my yes. God. There are some beautiful wraps out there. That oh, fun. I could do it. And it's like, Oh, that'd be super cool. Um, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it be amazing? And we, then that I think I could do, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, just lightening everything up. I'm going to change the, the flooring and go to like a, a weathered gray floor, probably do the work on the cabinets and, and kind of get them to, to match a little bit. I think I'm going to leave the granite on the Island cause there's no reason to change it out. Um, yeah. and it'll go with it. It, kind of has that sort of beach sand look anyways. So um, it'll go with everything else. But yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about sort of transforming the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's, it is beautiful right now. Um, the folks that lived here before I did uh, just had a, a very, very different aesthetic. <laughs> very different aesthetic. They didn't have children and it was a very formal feel to the house. Yeah. Um, that's not how I live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking right, forward then, to that. Yeah, that's going to be really neat to see. And my last thing is always what kind of what would you, if you could shine a spotlight on one thing right now, what would you shine a spotlight on? Um, that honestly right now uh, is my son, Graham. Now that Sam has moved out, he has my undivided attention, uh, which he probably doesn't feel real thrilled about, but you know, um, <laughs> But we went, we went through some ups and downs over the last six years or so, and it is wonderful to see him evolved into now this, this person at, at 17 that we can have political discussions, we can have uh, religious discussions, we can, ha we can talk about worldly things um, as he's going through some of his, you know, governmental social studies type classwork. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a lot of discussion about the, the recent elections and everything. Um, and yeah. just sort of that balance of you're almost an adult. So let's make sure you have what you need to, to make that next step. And, you know, the trust factor with 
having a car and being the driver with your friends and, you know, all the things, of course, then all the things that come with being my family, which is this Italian Polish craziness and him taking an interest in bartending and infusing and making different things. And, you know, home is, is the only outlet he has for that right now because he's 17. You know, we've got a few years before he can go out in the world and, and do this. So that trust of being able to allow him to do this in the home um, has been fun for both of us, Uh, you know, and, and uh, has, I think sort of helped him think about where he wants to go in life. So, um, so yeah, so I've, I've, you know, now I'm looking for different opportunities of how can I put some things in his path, you know, or support something that he finds uh, that will help him as he, as he goes into full adulthood. Because I feel like a lot of Sam's years were very focused on her as she was going through this, you know, 17 to 23 year old world. It's nice now that she's off on her own got the dream job, living the life, going crazy with all the stuff that she wants to do. And now I have all this time that I can dedicate to my son and really kind of doing the same thing that I did for Sam, helping find that place. Now, as you and I both know, the eldest and the youngest are two amazingly different people. And the oldest were easy for us in terms of life and like you know what you want to do off you go and these yep. the youngers are kind of not so sure and that's yep. okay too yeah so it's on a different path different path yep. different path well excellent so. well thank you thank you and so so appreciate all you shared with me today <laughs> i've never much. been accused of holding back so if i have overshared anything <laughs> <laughs> unlikely unlikely but <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Good Life Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website at goodlifestories.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Please subscribe and consider rating and reviewing the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help others connect to us. Who do you know with a good life story? I would love to hear from you. Good Life Stories, creating connection one story at a time.